Hey, Cross Trainers, Donny P coming at you from the Gold Coast in Australia. Uh, today is Tuesday, the 9th of July, 2022. It was a beautiful day here on the Gold Coast today. Nice sunny day, even though it was winter. And a, well, <laughs> it still is winter. And um, it was a little bit fresh, but it was very pleasant. Um, so if you want to contact me, you can get me at uh, crosstrainersonline at outlook.com. That's crosstrainersonline at outlook.com. Or you can just put something up in the chat um, on this podcast and I'll come back to you that way. But uh, I appreciate the fact that you're here. So what I want to talk about today is just healing scriptures because this is something I'm really passionate about. And I think also it's something that's very misunderstood and um, it's a real hot potato in Christian circles uh, for some reason. Um, I think the main reason is that people are offended at what the Word of God actually says. Uh, They would rather believe their own, well, things have their own beliefs and uh, thoughts on healing rather than follow what the Word of uh, God actually says. That might sound a bit harsh, I don't mean it to be, but I mean, uh, I'm not coming at you saying I know everything about it. It's a very complex subject, and it's a subject that you practically won't ever hear preached in most churches because it's guaranteed to offend someone, uh, particularly religious people um, or those with a uh, religious spirit. Um, and again, that's a statement of fact rather than me looking to be offensive for the sake of it. But when you think about it, the Word of God is offensive um, because the Holy Spirit uh, speaks to people uh, from the Word, and uh, the Word was, is, and will always be offensive. It wasn't meant to be a nice calm, uh, sweet statement. It was meant to challenge and the Holy Spirit uses us, uh, uses it um, as in the Word of God to uh, convict us. Um, you know, so it was never meant to be uh, not um, offensive because it's meant to be challenging. So healing is a real hot potato um, and I can't possibly cover everything off about healing right here and now, but Um, I might even do a second session on healing next week, Uh, but what I want to do is just cover off some major scriptures um, to do with healing, and I may not take that long this time, but uh, Isaiah 53 verse 1, whatever version you're reading, I use the classic uh, amplified version, which I love, but in that, um, Isaiah 53 verse 1 um, I've mentioned this scripture in other podcasts. It's a rhetorical question, and it's God um, asking who will believe his report. And um, we can believe doctors' reports. We can believe reports of third parties, relatives, the news, whatever. But if we're putting that stuff above the report of God, then we're going to come off second best. So God wants us to believe his report, regardless of what any report from man might be, whether it's the news, a doctor, uh, relatives, uh, 
I don't know, well-meaning people, anyone or anything, if they're coming against what the Word of God says, uh, as a seasoned believer, you need to uh, reject what anyone or anything else might say that's contradicting the Word of God. Uh, That includes any of your own thoughts, perceptions, beliefs, lived experiences, emotions, um, your five senses, anything like that. You've got to believe the report of God. It's absolutely critical to healing. And if you waver on that, you'll get run over and you won't actually get your healing. And so Isaiah 53, 5, it says, By his stripes we are made whole. Um, And that's sort of an ongoing present tense. Um, It's now and into the future. Um, it's, It's not... Uh, meant to end it's it's not a finite thing it's a uh, infinite thing Uh, we are made whole through the stripes of Jesus uh, that he took at the cross for us Um, so again if we have any doubt about that thinking oh well he heals this but not that or he healed then but not now or whatever it is um, if you don't believe that the stripes of Christ uh, are what makes us whole, then again you'll get run over. And First Peter two twenty four is also a foundational scripture. By his wounds we have been healed. So it's already happened. Uh, Jesus is not healing anyone today. He did it two thousand years ago at the cross uh, by what he did by allowing himself to have his body just, um, well, torn to shreds by a Roman whip and take a horrendous death uh, on so that we didn't have to go through it. Uh, He paid our death penalty so that we wouldn't have to. It's the biggest get-out-of-jail-free ticket you could ever get in your life. It's, It's the best prize and present and gift you could ever have. It's the most amazing thing that has happened in all of history or will ever happen. It's the most focal point of the entire uh, human history. Um, Anything that has gone before or anything that's happening now or anything that will happen until the close of this age, the sacrifice of Christ, the fact that God became man, um, Emmanuel, he came here and dwelt amongst us and lived like us and yet was without sin, and he went to the cross and paid our death at the cross, and then when he was killed, he then arose from from death uh, on the third day and went to prepare a place for us. I mean, what an amazing thing. Um, Jesus deserves all the glory and all the honour for what he did for us because we didn't even know him then, yet he chose to die for us, and so... We should give our lives to him because of the fact that he gave up uh, his position and prestige and power and everything else. And he chose to come here as a limited human being, um, even though he was God in the flesh. Um, he he chose to come here and, and do that for us. So um, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, by his wounds, we have been healed. So this is not conditional. It's not saying that he, he can heal some things and not others. Um, Jesus is Jehovah Rapha, 
the one who heals. Uh, that's his name. And that was his name in the Old Testament. And it's still his name. Uh, Jesus has not had a personality transplant. He is who he is. He is the great I am. And he is the healer. Um, so he paid the price for sin, uh, sickness and disease at the cross. But somehow we've gotten to the point in the uh, the church of today where we've sanitized what he did at the cross and we only sort of mainly view it as him uh, dying for the remission uh, of our sins. But we've somehow... Uh, gotten entirely away from the fact that he paid for our healing as well. Uh, that's what uh, what the sacrifice of Christ is about. It's a complete sacrifice, and he he paid the price. So, if Jesus has paid for something, then it's without question that we are entitled to it because he did it for us. He didn't go to the cross and die for no reason. He had a purpose and a point to it, and part of that was so that we could be healed. Um, So if we don't believe that, we're actually disrespecting Christ and we're not being faithful servants. And, yeah, disrespecting what he did at the cross is is not a good place to be. Uh, So, yeah, those three scriptures, uh, believing what God has said, believing God's report above any lived experience, above what you see, hear, feel, taste, touch, smell, uh, what you think, Uh, what your emotions tell you, what others tell you, any of that is paramount. And uh, Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes we are healed and by his wounds we have been healed. Uh, If you believe the word is the word of God, uh, then you'll hang on to that. These are foundational scriptures to healing and uh, you can literally, quote unquote, take that to the bank you can depend on it. Um, it's it's not something that can apply one day and then not on others. This is a constant thing. Uh, the blood of Christ is sufficient to cover all sins, all sickness, all disease. And uh, the sacrifice of Christ was made once for all, um, you know, for everyone that has ever lived, is living or will ever live. Uh, that's how powerful it is. So we need to embrace it and believe what the Word of God says. And Second um, Corinthians 10 verse 12, um, I'll just paraphrase that, I won't refer to it, but it's basically saying that when we compare ourselves against ourselves, uh, it's an unwise thing to do. So, you know, if, if you're sort of looking around and going, oh, Fred or Mary got whatever it was and they were good people and and so forth, and oh, I might get what they had because they got it and they were better than me or whatever Whatever your mind or anyone or anything is telling you, then that's a quite a stupid thing to do uh, because if you get back to Isaiah 53, 5, 1 Peter 2, 24, then regardless of what someone else's lived experience is or the fact that someone died um, of whatever disease and you're thinking, well, they were better than me and, uh, you know, how if, if they died, well, what hope do I have? I mean, that's perverted thinking for a start. Um, it's entirely wrong. Uh, you're not hanging on to what the Word of God says. 
and it's an unwise thing to do. So stop, yeah, we, we need to stop comparing ourselves amongst ourselves and to drop that entirely and to embrace the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, that's the only way to go because if you waver on that, if you play mental gymnastics about healing and, oh, Fred or Mary was better than me and they got whatever and died or Uncle Fred or Auntie Jane or whoever got whatever and they died, then um, you're setting yourself up for failure. It's it's a stupid thing to do and God doesn't want us to do that. And um, Matthew 12 verse 34 says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And um, when you're putting something out there into the world in the way of words, you're actually sowing, uh, sowing a seed and you'll reap a crop according to what those words were. Um, you know, so we've, we've got to start speaking um, into um, alignment with what the Word of God says. Our words should not contradict what the Word of God says. Uh, we should, in fact, speak the Word of God over our lives, over our circumstances, over our bodies, over our health, over our finances, over everything uh, in this life. Speak the Word of God out over it and, um, you know, basically come into agreement with the Word of God. When we're doing that, we're living consistently according to what the Word of God says, and we can expect the outcomes um, and the promises uh, of the Word of God to take place in our lives because we're being consistent with um, the most uh, powerful thing in the universe, which is the Word of God. When you read Genesis 1, um, it makes constant reference to what God said. You know, God said, God said, God said, God said you know, right throughout the creation uh, recount. And um, words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Uh, and they they do, uh, well, bear fruit. And a crop is reaped according to what's spoken. So, I mean, I'm saying this to myself. I need to uh, improve in this area too, not, not just you. So don't think I'm giving you a lecture, I'm talking to me, um, and you just uh, you, you just happen to be listening, but I need to improve in this regard as well. I, I think if we're honest, all of us do. But Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who indulge in it will eat the fruit of it. So this is what I was saying just before I quoted the scripture. I mean, we, we have to have our words lining up with the Word of God, uh, which means that we've got to think the Word of God uh, before speaking the Word of God. Uh, if we're thinking something contrary to the Word of God, then we're not going to speak anything in alignment with the Word of God. So we've got to get our, our thinking right, and we've got to shut Satan down because the battlefield is of the mind that's where Satan will always attack you. He's always broadcasting lies and perversions and, you know, all sorts of horrible things. And so we have to take every captive, uh, every thought captive and bring it into the submission of Christ and ask ourselves, uh, you know, be metacognitive and think, okay, well, 
that just came into my mind. Did I think it? If I did, I need to repent. Um, or, you know, did whatever's going on in my mind come from, I don't know, radio, TV, internet, something else? Um, if it did, we need to maybe listen to something more positive um, or, yeah, just, just filter what's coming at us if we possibly can. Uh, the third alternative is um, if it didn't come from external sources in this world and we didn't think it, uh, then who and what did it come from? Um, it, like, if it's positive um, and it bears good fruit and it lines up with the Word of God, it was probably the Holy Spirit of God, well, same thing, um, that, that said it. But if what's coming into your mind is contrary to the Word of God, uh, then there's a good chance that the enemy broadcasted it to you and he's hoping that you dwell on it so that that will take a, a root in your life and uh, the, the seed, that rotten seed will germinate and you'll reap a rotten crop. And I think all of us have been there and done that. I, I know that I have. Um, like everything comes back to our thoughts and the more we dwell on thoughts... Um, thoughts lead to um, actions. I mean, there's a, a split second where a decision occurs, uh, you know, so it goes thought, decision, action. Um, the the decision may be in a blink of an eye, uh, but that's, that's the process. So whatever we think is what we end up doing. And this is why the enemy attacks us in our mind, because he cannot do anything without our consent and cooperation. Um, the only thing he's got is smoke and mirrors and lies and deception, but he's been lying and deceiving ever since he got thrown down to earth and even prior to that. Um, you know, so he's, he's been doing this for, for a long time. And so we, we should not be ignorant of his devices. Uh, the only way to stop getting run over is by engaging with the word of God, believing the word of God, speaking the word of God, thinking the word of God, being metacognitive about what comes into your mind, bring every thought into the captivity of Christ and uh, shut the enemy down. Be intentional about uh, what you allow to be in your mind. I, I heard a preacher once say that he's uh, not going to let the enemy rent space in his head. And uh, I, I love that statement. Um, you know, we've, we've got to be absolutely intentional about this. Um, otherwise it's it's not going to end well but above everything we have to believe the word of God you know and again Isaiah 53 1 if you believe a doctor's report someone else's report your own lived experience or emotions or whatever above the word of God then you're just going to get a kicking uh, so you can either get a kicking um, and then uh, wish you listened to something like this and took action and did something different or you can do the smart thing and engage with the word now and save yourself a whole lot of pain and drama uh, by getting it wrong and having to uh, pick up the pieces afterwards and I've tried both uh, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> yeah I've, I've tried both ways and I, I know what I'd prefer I'd prefer to think properly from the get-go and get a good outcome from the get-go. Um, 
So uh, James chapter 1 verses 5 to 8, it talks about whoever asks for wisdom will get it without any qualification. So all we have to do is ask God and he will give it to us liberally and freely. So we're stupid if we don't ask uh, for wisdom. Um, That's the first thing. But, uh, you know, verses 5 to 8, it talks about, well, ask in faith without doubting. And verse 8 if you're doubting, you're, you're double-minded and you should expect to receive nothing. So again, if we're reading the Word of God, yet saying, believing, thinking and speaking something different to the Word of God, then we're going to get a different outcome to what the Word of God says. And that doesn't have to be the, uh, the way your life goes. And again, I'm speaking this from lived experience. I've done it both ways and I've experienced uh, good and bad outcomes as a result. And so I can tell you the smart thing is to align your thoughts, beliefs and actions and spoken words with the word of God. And I, I tell you what, when you do that, you'll have a victorious life. Uh, things will go well for you. That's not to say that you're not going to get trials and dramas and stuff, but when you're engaging with the Word of God, then, yeah, when you're speaking, believing the Word of God and living it out and relying on God, praying to Him, um, asking the Holy Spirit to help you, and importantly, speaking in tongues, because that's your spirit, uh, speaking in a heavenly language direct to God, and there's amazing power in that. When I've had trials, like huge trials, I speak in tongues and, um, you know, I mean, if I didn't do that, I wonder how things would work out and I'm not condemning anyone that doesn't yet speak in tongues, but a preacher once said that if you don't speak in tongues, it's like approaching hell with a water pistol. It's basically, um, yeah, really limited in how far you can go and the victory you'll have if you're not using the power of speaking in tongues. So that's another subject for another day, but I I really encourage you to do that and not let the enemy lie to you that it's all gobbledygook or, uh, you know, it shouldn't happen today or anyone doing it is of the devil or whatever. Uh, The Bible says differently. So I encourage you to read what the Word says about speaking in tongues and the power that uh, comes from that and what Paul said about it. Um, so uh, Mark 9.24 is also another relevant scripture. It's talking about a man that said uh, in context to his child uh, who was having all sorts of issues, um, he said, I believe, help my unbelief. So the fact that that's there proves that we can believe and unbelieve at, at the same time, but our belief needs to dominate our unbelief. And so the question is, well, how can that happen? And the answer is by engaging with speaking, knowing the word of God, believing it, living it, and thinking it, um, having our minds transformed. You know, and it's, it's sort of like two dogs. I mean, the old uh, famous um, analogy the dog that grows the most is the dog that you feed the most. So what you've got to do is feed your mind with belief and faith and the word of God and act on it. 
um, and uh, intentionally starve the enemy and uh, his broadcasting and his nonsense and, you know, what he wants us to do. So that's a really good way to go. Uh, well, it's the only way to go, really. But as, as mentioned, we can believe and unbelieve at the same time. So, yeah, we've got to get ourselves into the position where the dominant uh, behavior and, and response we have is a belief response. Uh, that's really the way to go. And look at someone like the woman with the issue of blood. Um, this is sort of talking about faith and works. Um, Luke eight forty three to 48. Uh, this is a woman who had to act on her faith and do something to get the outcome that she needed. And um, when you think about the, the time that she lived in, uh, she should have shouted out to everyone, unclean, unclean, because a woman with an issue of blood was regarded as unclean and, you know, anyone that touched her would, uh, as a result, become unclean. And she was somehow getting through the crowd toward Jesus and who knows how she actually got to him because there was a, a huge crowd there uh, when he was walking along going off to heal someone's daughter um, but she somehow pushed her way through the crowd or got through the crowd to get to Jesus so that she could touch them of, of, of his garment and when you look at the recount Jesus said well who touched me I could feel power go out of me I know that uh, power left me and someone touched me something happened who who was it and um, the the story recounts how she was quivering uh, in fear because she knew she could have been stoned to death for what she did because she would have been brushing against people on her way to touch Jesus and even touching Jesus um, is basically um, you know a a terrible thing to do um, under those times that she was desperate and she took desperate measures and she employed her faith and her belief and she wasn't going to settle for any other um, outcome other than her healing. So she was desperate and, you know, she wasn't just sort of half-hearted about it. She wasn't sort of thinking, oh, it might work, it may not. She knew it would work if she got to touch the uh, hem of his garment and um, I find it interesting in Malachi, I think the fourth chapter talks about how the Messiah has healing in his wings. And um, yeah, the uh, Jewish, um, uh, say, customary robe was a tallit with uh, little sort of beads of, um, of fabric on the end of it. Um, yeah, and it's quite significant, uh, a priestly robe. But uh, she knew that if she, well, it, it was basically evidence to her that um, she would have known what Malachi said because uh, she t uh, took the action that she did because she believed that Jesus was the Messiah and that Jesus was the one that could uh, stop this matter that she'd been dealing with for 12 years because when you read the recount, she was uh, spending all of her money and got no positive outcome with the doctors that she consulted. And I'm thinking, well, that could be today. How many stories like that do you know? Uh, but she took action, she got desperate, and she wouldn't t uh, take um, no for an answer. And she went through the crowd 
regardless, well, at great risk to uh, herself, and um, touched him, got her healing, and then she confessed what she did. And, uh, you know, at, yeah, in um, verse 48, Jesus said to her, well, go in peace, your faith has made you well. So, um, you know, th- this is this is the whole point. I mean, we, we shouldn't be half-hearted about uh, the healing of Christ. I mean, either you believe it or, or not. Um, there's no middle ground. And she uh, went uh, the, the whole nine yards and she had absolute belief in the fact that Jesus was the one that could heal her and she wasn't prepared to accept anything less than that. Um, but I, I, I just wonder, well... What if we got desperate like she did? What if we would accept nothing other than an outcome of healing? Um, what if we spoke the word of God? What if we actually believed the word of God? What if we took action uh, to get our outcome? Um, I'm not trying to make this a legalistic thing. I realize that it may sort of sound like that. It's, it's not intended to be that way. But I think sometimes, quite often, Jesus expects us to do something uh, to get our healing. You can look at that pretty much every single healing that he did. uh, Someone had to do something to get it. And um, I just wonder, what does Jesus expect us to do today? And again, not trying to make it (coughs) a legalistic thing, but um, could it be? that Jesus expects us to do something to partner with him, uh, to demonstrate belief to him, uh, to get what he said that we can have. Because I I can tell you right now that if healing doesn't happen, it's not Jesus' fault. There's something outside. It's not his side. Um, But see, you know, people would say to that, oh, it sounds like you're uh, telling me it's my fault if it doesn't work. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Um, it is your fault if it doesn't work because Jesus paid the price and, um, you know, that's the end of the matter. I mean, the, the issue is not with him. His sacrifice is complete. It's done. It's available. He paid for it. And whatever he paid for, he wants us to have. He's given it to us freely 2,000 years ago, so whatever roadblock there is, is not on God's side, it's our side. So we have to be humble and um, admit that we see through a glass darkly. I'm not saying I know everything about healing, because I don't. I'm learning like you. Um, This is, well, there's, there's a lot of mystery with healing, but we have to press into it. We have to seek God in it. We have to pray and fast and meditate and study the scriptures and pour through the scriptures and, yeah, just get on our knees and speak in tongues and do everything, you know, not out of legalism or any of that, but out of a genuine desire for revelation, uh, for wisdom, you know, ask God for wisdom on healing um, and everything else and he'll provide it. Uh, That's an unqualified statement by God. You know, if if we ask for wisdom, he will give it. So we need to ask for wisdom in everything, but in particular, healing. Um, So, um, yeah, I'm I'm just wondering, um, in terms of our individual walks with God, uh, what 
God would have each of us do. I, I personally think he, yeah, he wants to partner with us in healing. It's not that his sacrifice is not enough and he needs us to do something. That's not true. But I think he wants us to do something to demonstrate that we actually believe in him, uh, you know, and, and what he did. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. So, um, yeah, so it's it's a very interesting subject. It's a very complex subject, and I can't possibly do it justice on one podcast or multiple podcasts for that matter. Uh, but what I am saying to you is let's get into the Word of God Let's stop messing around with this. Um, I believe that even our shadows will heal people. I, I believe that we're entering a time very soon of great revival. There's some really wicked things happening on the world stage right now, but I personally believe that the time is not yet for civilization to be wrapped up. I, I think that the wickedness being displayed in the world, in particular in America, but all around the world right now, um, is Satan over, overplaying his hand? He's gone too far and he's alienating people and people are sick of the wickedness and it's, it's that palpable uh, that um, it's blatantly obvious to anyone that's, uh, that, that's, that's looking and um, people are sick of it and they want an alternative and we are the alternative. We are the answer. The Church of Jesus Christ is the answer to everything and anything going on in this world. Uh, the Holy God lives in us. You know, Jesus is alive. The kingdom is here. Uh, Christ lives in us. And um, we are the answer to every wicked thing going on in this, this world. And um, how that's related to healing is that signs, wonders and miracles will follow those who believe. Uh, we'll lay hands upon the sick and they'll, they'll uh, be healed. I will cast out demons in Jesus' name and, uh, yeah, cleanse the lepers, raise, raise the dead and preach the good news. Uh, so, you know, we, we're coming into a time where great miracles will follow those that believe, you know, that act on the word and that believe the word above anything else and uh, are not double-minded, you know, because um, I may have mentioned in James... Um, I think I did, yeah, James chapter 1 earlier, uh, about double-mindedness. If we're double-minded, if we sort of have a foot in the belief and unbelief camp um, and we sort of half-believe God but half-believe our uncle or aunt or some third party up the road and what they say about what some doctor said or whatever, then we're not going to receive anything. We have to unreservedly believe in what the scriptures say and uh, take action accordingly and be intentional about uh, things that come your way that are contrary to the word of God. Like uh, the the media is a classic thing, like um, all the, well, not all of the advertising on TV or other media is um, trying to reinforce Satan's garbage, but he is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit um, that dwells in the sons of disobedience. Um, you know, that's what the world says. So Satan owns the media and it's blatantly obvious. And what he's trying to do is condition us to agree with him that sickness, quote unquote, is normal. Like I went to a um, uh, to something uh, tonight and um, 
I, I was just listening to the words that were being spoken about COVID, and people are agreeing that COVID is uh, supreme and that everyone's going to get it and, you know, it'll eventually get everyone and all that stuff. And I just said, well, it's not going to get me in Jesus' name. I'm not having it. Um, I, I won't get COVID because, uh, you know, I, I believe in what Psalm 91 says, uh, that no plague will come near my dwelling. Um even though people of my own household have had it, um, I blame myself for that because I wasn't on guard enough. Um, you know, and again, not trying to be legalistic, but if it got in here, then um, how did it get in? Um, I failed somewhere and somehow. Um, so I, that's my responsibility. But I will not get it. Um, people around me everywhere will get it, but I won't. Because, uh, yeah, Jesus is my healer. Uh, he paid the price for my wellness and I accept what he did and I won't have anything to the contrary. Um, I'm not going to listen to, you know, these uh, ads that try and condition us about uh, headaches or, you know, joint aches or pain or whatever, you know, the flavour of the month is. I'm, I'm not going to listen to that junk and um, agree with it. I'm going to agree with what the Word of God says and I don't care what anyone else says uh, regardless of who they are or how learned they are or what position they hold or whatever. I believe the report of God and I don't care about any other report and it's as cut and dried as that. There is no alternative to that. Um, yeah, so uh, that's that's just how it is. So... Anyway, um, I hope it's given you food for thought on the next podcast. I might um, uh, jump down this uh, quote-unquote rabbit hole again because it's a very complex, deep subject. And, um, yeah, there's so much that can be said on this. Not that I'm trying to position myself as the world-leading authority on it. As I said, um, I've got a long way to go. There is a lot of mystery about healing. We see through a glass darkly. We don't all understand it. I don't care who the preachers are, uh, how long they've been doing it or whatever. Um, I don't know any human that completely understands everything there is about healing. The only way we're going to get revelation and an entire picture on healing is by delving into the Word of God and seeking God intentionally on, on the subject. And He will reveal knowledge um, at a deeper and greater level the more we engage with him and submit ourselves to him, confess our sins, uh, you know, known or unknown. Um, and when we uh, correctly discern the body and the blood of Christ, I, I think that's a large part of it too. By, uh, we'll put it this way, if, if we've got unforgiveness, anger, resentment, bitterness in our lives, all those things are barriers to healing. So we've got to repent and deal with that stuff and get it out of our lives uh, if we want to be healed. Because um, as the word says, if we don't love our brother or sister or whoever who we can see, then how can we love God who we can't see? So we've, we've really got to do business with God. We've got to seek him out. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to believe his report. We've got to read his word, speak his word, think his word. And um, when we do that, 
uh, I believe that life will take on a whole different uh, flavour um, in, in a positive sense. So that's about it for now. Uh, be blessed. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.